Uh, we'll get into this one. And next week, um, be a little bit of a different message. We're going to take a break from the Pure Series, and we're going to finish up on the last two weeks of the month with this Pure Series. But we want to look at rebuilding the foundation in our life as believers, as Christians, okay? And again, you know, what we see here tonight with the, uh, with the less light, we're going to try to bring some more lights into the back just so the screen shows up a little bit better. Uh, but I want feedback from everyone at any given time. If you guys feel like you'd rather have the, the big lights on, that's fine. Uh, we'll just take the five minutes it'll, it'll require for us to um, get our eyes adjusted to that. Amen? Amen. So we're coming out of the book of James tonight. If you have your Bible tonight, let's open up to James chapter 4. We're going to read the entire chapter, but we're only going to look at the last handful of verses here tonight for our text. And you say, well, why are we reading the whole chapter? We're going to read the whole chapter so we can establish the context of the scriptures that we will be looking at this evening. So in James chapter 4, beginning in verse 1, the Bible says, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lusts that war in your members? Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have, and cannot obtain, ye fight and war, yet ye have not because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your lust. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do you think that the Scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and, and he shall lift you up. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy who art thou that judgest another? Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now you rejoice in your boastings, all such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. So, beloved, I want to speak to you tonight in this third installment in the Pure Series. We looked at pure worship, looked at pure wisdom last week. Tonight, I want to get into pure walk, a pure walk, the actions and the livelihood, how we live our life in this world today. I, I, guys, and, and this, some of this is going to be a reminder of yesterday, and it was unintentional, believe, believe it or not, because, uh, I mean, it, it just ended up being like this. And um, I like to plan. I, I enjoy, I like to plan. I like to schedule. Uh, I enjoy sitting down, formulating a, a direction based on a vision, and attacking it. That's, I enjoy those kind of things. Uh, planning an organization, I mean, orders, di uh, diaries, schedules, there's something that I have, I've lived with as long as I can remember. Even as a, as a teenager, my life was scheduled between workouts and school and sports and home duties, etc. you name it. Everything was regimented for me. 
personally, I enjoy. Me, this is, I'm just talking about me for just a second. I enjoy the little box, if you will, the, the little box of a, of a well-designed plan. I like that. In a way, there's, a, there's security in there. there. There's comfort in, in the confines of a regimented schedule. However, there's one rule that many will forget. They'll forsake it. They may even forfeit it when sitting down, making their plans, establishing their schedules, and directing themselves in their daily business and activities of daily living. And that is, do not make any plans without God. You can have all the schedules you want, all the divers you want, all the tick boxes you want, but when you do those things, don't make them without God. Isaiah in chapter uh, uh, 55, verses 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts are, are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my, are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Guys, our thoughts are not equal with God, and they never will be equal with God on this side of glory. It will never, never, never happen. His ways are always going to be higher than our ways. His thoughts are always going to be higher than our thoughts. And that's why it's so confounding when a man thinks that he can determine the thoughts of God in a book. I mean, that a man can take a God's Word, change it, alter it, manipulate it, and then proclaim, we have the thoughts of God. God blessed His words, my friend. He blessed His words. And I challenge you to find where God ever blessed His thoughts in a book. I promise you, you will never find it. Why? Because He established the truth that His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. So planning, guys, with a purpose, I think is proper. There's your three Ps for the evening, the pea shooter, okay? There's nothing wrong with organization. There's nothing wrong with schedules. I personally think they're healthy. And I, as we heard yesterday, I believe they're biblical. I believe they're godly. I believe they're right. I mean, we went over these verses yesterday uh, uh, that a false balance is abomination with God, uh, uh, but just weights are his delight. Divers', divers weights are an abomination unto, unto the Lord. He despises those. That word abomination means that they were disgusting to him. And then when everything was set in order there, when the, when the church was set in the way that it should operate, Paul ends the entire chapter in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and in verse 30, verse 40, he says, let all things be done decently and in order. Guys, where chaos and confusion are, God is not in the mix. I, I love the fact that uh, when, when Elijah runs away from Jezebel, I don't like the fact that he runs away from Jezebel, but I like when he runs off into the wilderness, kill me now, God, my life's up, I'm not worthy of this, this and that. And God says, hey, listen, here's some food, here's some water, go a little bit further. And he goes a little bit further, and all of a sudden there's this massive earthquake. See, that's what we want. We want something massive to happen, something, you know, monstrosity, something magnificent. We want something that just rocks and shakes our world, and we stand there in awe. But God wasn't found in the earthquake. The, the, the storm came through, and God wasn't found. The wind blew, and God was But then at the end of it all, at the end of the chaos, end of the noise, end of the clamor, a still, small voice. And that's where Elijah found God giving him the direction he would have. You see, my friend, there is, I'm telling you, I believe that we should have an orderly life. Again, I'm not re-preaching yesterday's message. There's nothing wrong with organization. There's nothing wrong with schedules. They are healthy yet. They should be governed by this thought. 
If you desire to have a pure walk in this world, you need to write your plans with chalk or pencil and let God write his with pen. That's his way for our walk will always be better for our life. It may not be immediate, but it'll always be better. It's going to be for the long run, but it will always be better. Here's a verse that you're going to see two other times tonight. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Now, doctrinally speaking, that verse is directed to Israel. So do not take that verse and stick it inside your pocketbook tonight and say, this is the doctrine I'm going to live by. This is not doctrinally applied to us. Practically and spiritually, you can apply it to you tonight. Principally, you can apply it to you tonight. I'm going to touch on that a little bit later on, a little stronger. But this is a common sense verse when you apply this in the practical sense. Planning helps. An organizational chart guy sets a course for achievement and achieving the goals. But plans and goals simply made according to the wisdom of this world. Mankind will soon find that their path is troubled, interrupted, and in many ways just blocked completely. Now here's a, here's a, a beautiful one for you. Confucius said this, a man who does not plan long ahead will find trouble at his door. Now, I tell you what, that, people love those. I see Confucius quotes all the time. People posting them, and they high-fiving, and man, that's, there's so, so much depth in that, and blah, 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 and all this. At face value, that statement looks beautiful. At face value, you're like, man, that right there, uh, man, that is nice. But that statement's coming from a man who believed in ancestral worship, he believed that his ancestors that have died and, and gone on, they're guiding him through the path of the universe. Ancestral worship, guys, let's make it crystal clear this evening. Ancestral worship is a pagan practice led by Satan and which ushered the followers into an eternity of torment in hell's flames. Preacher, that's not nice. Well, nice means ignorant, so, but, and that, but that is kind for me to give you the truth tonight. But here's something that we can say. Here's a verse for you that you can apply into your life. Jesus Christ said, as recorded in Luke 14, 28, For which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first, and counteth the cost whether he hath sufficient to finish it? I would be willing to say this evening, now this right here is Jesus Christ speaking. This is inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. It is recorded, it is preserved, and it is purified for you and I tonight. And you can lock that inside your heart this evening and all of your business plans and your family plan and your life plans. You sit down and count the cost and see if you have what it is needed to finish the course. Guys, this world is filled with a lot of half-built towers. We have a lot of, ha I have an entire sermon series that I preach on missions titled half Hardened Hearts and Half-Built Towers. And the sole reason we have so many half-built towers in this world, and I mean half-built towers from relationships to businesses to homes uh, to financial stability uh, to, to investments, you name it, guys, parenting, whatever it may be, the sole reason we have that is because people didn't simply sit down and count the cost. That's truth. Confucius, even though it sounds nice, and all he did was basically take uh, you, you know, you can take what the Lord is saying here in Old Testament scriptures as well and twist it and make it, you know, make it sound better and uh, it'll, it'll go out there on the internet like, like a plague. Needless to say, guys, the Lord is not anti-planning. 
Here's what's funny. This sermon was prepared a very long time ago. This series was prepared a long time ago, all right? And so long before I prepared Saturday's sermon, Saturday's message for Faith Rex uh, wasn't even a thought until about eight days ago or nine days ago when I did Proverbs 11 in my scripture writing. And I thought, wow, that right there will stick a little bit. And, and to be honest, just to be completely transparent, uh, I wrote everything down. I had the skeleton in my head, but I got everything on paper Saturday morning before we left the house. But I'm going to say all that to say this. I know I taught on prioritizing performance and and being organized, living an orderly life yesterday. But when we come down to this point right here, we need to understand the Lord is not anti-planning. Keep that in your mind. He's not anti-organization. He's not anti-pattern and schedules. But the text that Apostle James, that James is specifically exhorting us that we should not make any plans apart, any plans apart from God, and especially not to boast about them. Now, when he says boasting about them, it's not necessarily referring to be a braggadocious or braggadocious or whatever, or, you know, bragging, it means to this is what I'm going to do without checking God's plans. We need to understand that we, don't, we have absolutely no control over the external aspects in our life. We don't have any control of the events that may happen in this world today. And guys, because of that, the reality, you and I do not know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what tomorrow holds. It doesn't mean we don't plan for it. But it sure means we don't leave God out in the midst of our plans. In the verses 13 and 14 of our text tonight, it says, Go to now, ye that say to, today or tomorrow, uh, we will go into such a city, continue there a year, and buy and sell, and get gain. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and vanisheth away. Tomorrow is not promised. My dad raised me up. My dad raised me with this thought, tomorrow never comes which means you need to get your work done today because tomorrow may not, may not be here. That's how I was raised. Proverbs 27 verse 1 says, Boast not thyself of, the mor- of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But we have no idea what's going to happen in the next minute, especially in the world that we live in today. Right now, as we sit here, we meet in our community center. We have church service on this Sunday evening. Uh, guys, there are, there's events in the Middle East that are happening. There are battles across the globe. There's a global farming uh, interruption. There's open borders allowing criminals to flood into first world countries, robbing peace, robbing safety, robbing resources. All of these things are going on. So we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You go back three years ago, almost what, to four years ago now, isn't it? In the middle of March. Everybody got the phone call. We all got the phone call. We're all we're shutting down. You got to close the church. You got to close the gyms. You got to close everything. You know, how, honestly, very few of us really believed that was going to last six months. Ah, it'd be seven days. We'll, it'll be back to normal in a week, man. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know and we don't understand uh, uh, what's going to transpire in the coming hours. So our plans, our goals, even our schedules need to be written according to the will of God. I'm going, to schedule, I, you know, I'm going to schedule out my week tonight when I get home to make sure everything's kind of locked in, all the nuts are tightened down, the screws are, are not loose. And I'm going to do that for this next week. But every single one of them is going to be if the Lord wills. I don't know what tomorrow's going to hold. And guys, we can't control tomorrow. We can't even figure tomorrow out. And the reason we can't figure tomorrow, this is the beauty of us. We can't figure out tomorrow because we don't have God's thoughts. I would go back to that same idea. Verse 15 says, For that you ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. 
We should never boast about our short-range or long-range plans without God in the equation. Our lives, guys, our future, it's in God's control. His thoughts and his ways are higher than our ways. And so we need to put him in the mix, and he needs to be at the head of the mix. It's a point I've been trying to teach our people for years upon years, guys, that God's never going to be figured out. The light bulb's not going to go off one day, and, and you go, man, I got it. Hey, I, I have just figured out God. If God, if mankind could educate themselves to the height of knowing and understanding the thoughts of God, then he is no God at all. And I wouldn't want to worship a God that I can figure out. This is why academia struggles with accepting the validity of the inspired word of God. Much of academia believes that they, they, they feel as if they can, they work out of their mind the thoughts of God. And beloved, this is the temptation from the very beginning. What are the devil, think about the temptation that the serpent brought unto Eve in that garden, Adam and Eve in that garden. I throw Adam in there because, you know, she took of the fruit first, yeah, okay. But the Bible says that she gave unto her husband with her. He wasn't out doing some kind of job and, you know, bringing home the bacon. He was standing right there, amen. But in Genesis 3, 5, the Bible says, For God doth know, this is Satan speaking, For God doth know that in the day ye thereof, when then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. That's the, that's the temptation, that you can gather enough knowledge to understand and have a mind that God has. And when we figure it out into our life that our thoughts are never going to be equal to his on this side of glory, that is when we can sit back and make our plans and give tomorrow to him and establish what we need to be today. Biggest struggle, guys, with the crowd that doesn't accept that is just a lack of submission in their life. If people just understand that, that God, is only, God is only out for what is best for them. He's not trying to make life hard. Or he's not trying to hurt you. Remember the verse, the second time we're seeing it, Jeremiah 29, verse 11. What, I mean, what does he say? I, I missed that one there. It's another thing that Satan said, but we'll go back to it. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know, he says, I know the, the thoughts and I, that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil. I, I've mentioned this time and time again. We've raised four children. We have four adult children. Two are here tonight, praise the Lord. And each one of those children I have sat down with over the course of years at different segments of their life to give them godly, uh, financial, family, and spiritual advice. Now, I'm going to ask you a question here. What would it make me today if I was to sit down and give one of my children guidance and advice that was only going to hurt them? That'd make me a sadist, wouldn't it? Someone who, who enjoys the, the, the pain or the suffering of someone else. So if me, a, 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 fail, a failed human, okay, a man who, who makes mistakes, who's not perfect, if I can give my children advice that is only solely 100% ever going to benefit them in their life if they would take and apply that advice, what do you think God, who is perfect, is doing for us tonight? Do you think he wants to give us directions and guidance and orders and lead us in a way that's going to hurt us? No, man. He knows what he wants to do for us. I mean, he says what he, the, what the, the thoughts that he has for us are thoughts of peace. It doesn't mean life's going to be easy. 
It, it doesn't mean that you're going to have a pain-free life. It doesn't mean it's going to be without suffering. It doesn't mean it's going to be without heartache. It doesn't mean any of those things. What it does mean that if you align your will with God's will and you just submit to him and you follow him, whatever's on the other side of that door, whatever's on the other side of that valley, whatever's on the other side of that darkness is meant for peace in your life. Again, I don't know what tomorrow holds. I know who holds tomorrow. I don't have the thoughts for tomorrow, but I know who does have the thoughts for tomorrow. And for me in my life, there's great peace. There's great comfort in the fact knowing that God Almighty has my benefit, has my, uh, what's better for me. He has my personal benefit in his intentions. So the question lying at the heart's door tonight is will we take what we've heard? Will we take what we've read and make a turn? Will we make a turn? Will we pull the pen? The last two verses of our text says, but now you rejoice, now ye, uh, now ye rejoice in your boastings, also it's rejoicing is evil. Then he goes, therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. So many will hear but not be moved. So many will listen, but make no changes. So many will, will even read, but never alter their course, knowing the right thing to do, to do it, yet doing it not. And it becomes sin in their life. Guys, it's no different than a training program. We looked at the percentages yesterday, didn't we? We talked about that and uh, meal programs. And I, and I asked this question. I said, hey, you know, what if you, what if you were bang on? You eat perfectly five days a week. And then for two days a week, you eat and drink rubbish and all this and that. What is that, what, what is that on the grading scores? Anybody remember the numbers? 71%. And despite our current grading system in, in, in our country now, a 71% is not good. As a matter of fact, on an international grading scale, 71% is barely sufficient. And in most places, it's a failure. It's a failure. Yeah, man, but I hit five out of seven. You failed. You follow me. I'm not saying it's easy. What I am saying, guys, is make the turn. You've heard what to do. You, you, you've read what we see. You see the benefit. You know God only has good intentions and peace for you in your life. You know that's where he wants to direct you. Then turn. Yeah, there's going to be a spiritual battle. Yeah, there's going to be spiritual warfare. Yeah, there's going to be things that come into your life that's going to try to impede. But if you will stay the course, be where your feet are, look forward, keep your head down, ignore the noise, and just move forward in the way that you know God wants you to go, not getting in ahead of him, trusting him and trusting the schedule, sitting down, counting the cost, and understanding that there's a turn that I need to make in my life so that I may have a pure walk in the days that God has given us here. So even if we make plans for the future, which I believe are wise, we must ensure that we use chalk or we use a pencil, asking ourselves this question, what if? And that question on the other end is, what if God? Allow God to have the eraser and give God a pen that we can write it indelibly upon our hearts and our minds so that we may have that pure walk in our lives. So we need to always remember God should be consulted with our plans. You say, how do I do that? You've got a perfect Bible. You've got a holy scripture that he's given us that has been preserved. It's been purified. It is in its perfect form. And the way that we have it, that's how you go. 
I could sit here and I could, I could spend an hour giving you testimony out of testimony out of testimony out of testimony out of my life and my wife's life from family to business to home. I mean, you name it, every aspect of our life. When we applied the knowledge of the scriptures into our lives, from our business, my entire business was based upon biblical principles. And when it, when it stayed that course, God blessed it in leaps and bounds. So we need to always remember that God should be consulted with our plans. That they should be made according to his will based upon his word. We should live and speak in the realization of our destinies are in his control. And we should say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. Omitting God from our future plans is not merely bad planning, but it's outright sin. And we should only make plans in a conscience dependence upon him, recognizing his sovereign control in our life. So guys, let your future plans be according to God's will and purposes and his thoughts and, and that his plans be revealed in us. Why? Well, again, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you. We don't know tomorrow. He does. He says, uh, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. If you want a pure walk, my friend, place your plans in the hands of God Almighty. Ask and seek his will every day, every hour, every minute, every moment in the steps that you take and the, the life that he has granted and gifted us here in this world. And you'll, you will never go wrong. It won't. I'm not saying it's going to be a bed of roses. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not going to say it's, it's not without the valleys, the ups and the downs. But what makes the beautiful parts of going through the valley is there's two mountainsides on each side. I, I like what we were saying earlier. The same, you know, the God of the mountains, the God of the valleys, the same God of the mountains. You can't grow on a mountaintop. People want to think they're having the mountaintop and that experience in life. They think, hey, this is the way it always needs to be. We're hooping and hollering and shouting and all this and that. Nothing grows beyond a certain altitude. You grow down in the valley. And it's when you get into that valley, guys, that is the most important time. That is the most important aspect that you make sure that plan that you made way on the other side of the journey was based upon the will of God, seated and grounded, in the word of God, will you bow your heads tonight? Father, we thank you, Lord, for all that you've done, for who and what you are. We ask you now for your continual guidance and grace and mercy in our lives. And we pray, dear Lord, as we close in prayer and our final song this evening, we'd be ever so minded of that which you have given us through your holy word, that our plans will be based and made upon your will, rooted and grounded in your word, Lord, that you would guide every step and ordain every way throughout our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I hope and pray the preaching, teaching the Word of God is a blessing to your heart tonight. Let's stand.